welcome to Stuffing Around, Stuff Magazine's gaming podcast for all things gaming. Well, what else would it be? Anyway, I'm <laughs> joined today by Max Malella. That's me. And my name's Nick Cowan. And it's been a real thin week. It's been, yeah. Not, and the not reason a it's been a real thin week is because E3 is on the horizon Which and one? everyone's keeping their powder dry, Every, I reckon. Everyone's cultivating some intrigue, some mystique for what's uh, what's to come. Well, we've had a couple of reveals, which you mentioned last week, which yeah. is like uh, Horizon Forbidden West and Far Cry, Far Cry 6. 6. Yeah. And there was a Sonic the Hedgehog one as well. No, that was different. Well, that's different. That won't be at E3. No. For context, that was they're doing a, they're doing a Switch port of a great Sonic game mm-hmm. and they teased a 2022 Sonic game. Mm. And I think there was something else, wasn't there? Oh, I mean, and there's, there's, there's a new Rainbow Six thing. Did but then they? again, Rainbow Six seems to be announced every other week. It was, I, was, I don't know, man. Seriously, if you've never played Rainbow Six Siege, you really should. It's one I, of the best team-based shooters you will ever play in your life. Nick, I don't have enough online friends to play team-based <laughs> shooters. I, it's, it's, my friends do not play games, weirdly enough. Hmm. So, so in a, in a, in a, basically... The reason that we have such a thin news cycle is is because E3 is about to land. Mm. If anyone, uh, if anyone listening, if you're listening to a gaming podcast, you probably know what E3 mm. is. But just in case, it is the biggest game showcase of the year. Mm. Um, it, it's a sort of thing where if you're a gaming fan of any age, you watch it and you go, "This is amazing! I can't wait to get my hands on these games when they are released later this year." And if you're a parent, you can literally hear your wallet crying because. These games are coming around about Christmas time. I'll say if you're a parent or someone who plays games who isn't relying on their parents anymore, you feel your wallet mm. just just dying inside. I mean, you, for example, you're going to have to make the decision between petrol in your car or game. That's, yeah, jeez, man. I, I'll pick one. Tell you what, from E3, I'll pick one. <laughs> And the rest I will borrow. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And, and here's the thing: is that like what I like about this year is that apart from the things that have had their reveals, like the Far Cries and the Horizon mm. Forbidden West, it's kind of dark. It's like, do you know if there's a new Assassin's Creed game coming? I mean, do look, you know if there's a new Call? Of- well, there now, is hang, a on, Call hang, of on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You picked the two franchises where we can pretty be pretty certain there's going to be something. Maybe. Out of those. I think, you know, I would love to see a year where we don't get an Assassin's Creed game, just just for some some variety. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I think, I think the, 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 um, the amount of silence we've had, it's always, obviously it's always quiet before E3, but yeah. I think that the, it's more quiet than usual, probably because, hello, pandemic yeah. as well, definitely shaking things up, even a year later, because mm-hmm. um, we didn't get an E3 last year, did we? We got a remote one. Did we get a remote one? Well, I mean, essentially they announced what they wanted to announce via live streams. Okay. Which is pretty much what I understand they're doing this year. Yeah, I think I think there might be a bit I don't more think anyone's going to be going down to the LA Convention Center. No, 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 no. I'm sure they might do a bit more pizzazz, a bit more mm. a bit more bling for this one just cuz they know how it works now. Mm. Um but obviously it's been a rough it's been a rough ride to get here. So I think that's why mm. um one, you already so many things have been delayed because of the pandemic, so that might also have an effect on True. E3 announcements. Because they're not going to, if it was going to come out next year, and then the developers have said, no, we need another year on this mm. because people died. Um, or at least got sick. Yeah, then they're not going to announce it at this year's E3. Speaking of which, God of War Ragnarok has yes. been delayed for apparently that very reason. Yeah, speaking uh, speaking of delays. Yeah, I mean. To next to next year. To right? next year, yeah. 2022. Which, uh, you know, <clears throat> pandemic uh, pandemic permitting. Mm. You never thought that an immortal would be going up against the pandemic, did you? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's 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 weird. So it's there's this God of War, uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, clearly still going on from the Norse, uh, the Norse influence. That well, I'd hope so. Otherwise, <laughs> it, the title sounds really silly. A otherwise. little bit weird then. But that's the thing is that you're not really a God of War veteran, are no, you? No. So again, like anyone who's who's listened to previous episodes knows that I'm a bit of a baby when it comes to um, video game history, mm. and I have been an Xbox user my whole life mm. and by that i mean my parents bought me an xbox yes so i never got the chance to play any god of war games i didn't even have a psp so mm. i didn't get to play those versions i do know all about it because it's a big name in gaming yeah. if you've ever played a video game you've probably heard of god of war mm. and also the god of war 4 just god of war made mm. massive waves when it came out yeah two years ago no it was i think it was 2016 2017 so no it was it was it 2016? I don't know. Actually, that's a that's that a, seems a bit that's a that's a massive lie. I think it might be 2017, 2018, because I was in high school when it came out. Well, I mean, the thing is about when when God of War came out, um, and when I say God of War, I, the new I'm one, talking about the uh, the new one, it was such a sea change for that mm. for that franchise because in the past, um, God of War was kind of almost a side scroller. Well, you'd be running into a room, tearing people in half, you know, mm. and 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 the combat was very, very different. I mean, <clears throat> you were whirling around with these uh, these chain blades, chain blades, yeah. and you were like pirouetting through people like a some sort of ballerina, and um, and 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 you know, God of War, you have a massive axe which you plunge into people's heads, and also it has that sort of cool Thor-esque mechanic where if you hurl it at someone you, you can grab it back I, I did see that from the trailers mm. what I, I, I look this is why I'm quite keen to see what because we don't know much about Ragnarok at all do no. we there's, there's not a whole lot of word well on. you see the funny thing is I do know a little bit about it but I'm not saying anything just because that would spoil things okay and it would not only spoil I think what's going to go forward in Ragnarok but it would spoil the, the God of War game if you haven't played it there's uh, and and there's there's probably a couple of people who are sitting listening to this podcast who have played the God of War mm. game. They know that there's an exchange that takes place between Atreus and Kratos at the end of God of War, which is hellishly foreshadowing. Oh, okay. Right. I so I plan on playing God of right. War at some so point. I so won't I, tell you what happened. No, fair enough, fair enough. I I mean, so we can't talk much about Ragnarok, but we can we can talk a little bit uh, about God of War, which is why I'm I'm excited. Even if I don't play it, I'm excited to see what they do next with it. And I was speaking about Brad with this. Kratos as a masculine character mm. has undergone a, a even from an outsider's perspective, mm -hmm. you can see he's undergone an incredible transformation. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it was I, really, really brave. I think it, I think it was really on good. the part want, of the developers. I want to say uh, this is going to sound um, derogatory, but it's not. Like he's been wokeified in a kind of in a kind of way where he went. I think he's been humanized essentially I, because, like in the early God of War games, right? I mean, and, and this is a thing towards towards the um, the uh, God of War three coming along. Mm. You had God of War pitching up on the PSP. You had God of War pitching up here and there. You had God of War Judgment, and and. It had almost like it had fallen into a kind of um, set structure where you knew what to expect. Yeah. Essentially, what would happen is some lady would would go, and in the days of gods, Kratos <laughs> did this, and and then Kratos would pitch up, and then an enemy roughly the size of the Albert Hall would come around <laughs> the corner, and Kratos would be like, Rah! and run straight at it, mm. right? Whereas like Kratos in the God of War. Um, reboot. I, su I suggest you call it that. He's quite a damaged individual. It's, it's, al it's almost. Dude. It's almost like. It's almost like he stopped being this superhuman, even though he still is a superhuman. Mm. 
And in actual fact, he was humanized a lot more. And what I literally loved about God of War is that you can find out why he's humanized is because he's absolutely terrified that his kid is going to end up like him. So that's so. It's funny you mentioned that. And I need a I need a moment to um, to to really develop this. Just not not a long moment. But Brad mm. Brad spoke to me about this. I remember as a kid, uh, Kratos being a very toxically masculine character, yeah. and. In the new one, he's very clearly like a positive masculinity character. Mm. Like it's not that he's been completely demas- demasculinized, you know. De- emasculated, I think is the word I, you're looking I, for. I don't want to use that because it, it <clears throat> emasculated has certain connotations to it, but something along those lines, mm. certainly. But he's become a far more like you can relatable. Be relatable. You can be a strong, damaged, sad man and still be masculine about mm. it, which I think is really good. And Brad told me mm. a story where that was because the, de- the, the, the lead developer on God of War, his kid came up to him one day and said, hey, can I play God of War? And he straight up thought, he had to think to himself, do I want my kid mm. learning masculine mm. lessons from this game? And that's why God of War took the turn that it did in the reboot. I think that's awesome. No, absolutely. And it, it is such a change. I mean, I remember playing God of War Judgment, which was kind of like a, a fill-in game, where it's like, okay, well, we need a God of War, um, uh, uh, you know... Uh, released this year mm. which is not canon whatever and um i remember the developers got into a lot of trouble really because there was a because it's a playstation game there's a trophy right the main boss at the end is a female boss who you kill by basically shoving your sandaled foot straight through her head into the concrete and the trophy you got for that was called Bros Before Hoes. No, dude. <laughs> okay, so you can, like, you so can see it's, how... So it's a massive change since how then. How it started, <laughs> how it's going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... I th- that having been said, I'm quite happy for them to delay Ragnarok. Absolutely. Because, you know, we all remember what happened with Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, no, please. And, and that game could have used a delay. That could have been... Another a, delay. That could have stayed in the oven a bit longer. And, and that's, that's the thing. is that, like, you know, if the developers turn around and go, listen... <laughs> We don't think we're going to be able to release something that you guys are going to want to play very much mm. within the time frame that we have been allowed. Sorry, it's being kicked next year. I think that we're now living in a post-Cyberpunk 2077 world where we're going, okay. you know what? Fine. Yeah. Take all the time you need, mate. Absolutely. I'd much rather wait another year for a good game than get a crap one. Um, now. Well, given that you just said that, it dovetails nicely let's, into let's, <laughs> into let's, the game we're going to discuss. Let's, let's speak about a game that could have could have used some more time in the oven. Indeed, uh, Necromunda Hired Gun. Yes. Um, here's the thing: I enjoyed playing it. Sure, I did enjoy playing it. I don't know if I could recommend it to someone who's not an ardent Warhammer 40k so, fan. So, okay, I was going to say that it's, it's in the Warhammer universe. All right, so. Preamble, Some context. Okay, so essentially, Necromunda hired gun. You are a bounty hunter Mm -hmm. who lives at the arse end of space. You live on what is known as a hive world. And on these hive worlds, they essentially just make massive weapons and massive spaceships for the the more important people in life. You know, the space marines, the the people who actually are at the front lines of Of, mankind's dominance of the stars. Of all the wars going on in the Warhammer Indeed, And and, and because you're living on a hive world, um, you're basically living in the rectum of the universe. And, you know, um, while while there are people who have their jobs smelting, train drivers, that sort of thing, there's obviously a criminal underworld that goes on down here. So you are a bounty hunter who essentially has to take bounties on, you know, criminal activities. Mm. 
uh, within the framework of the hive world, you have these things called the guilds. They're always at war with each other. Cool. Um, and, and like I said, like already story-wise, you're engaged. Mm, there's something going on here. There's there's clearly something you play to it. latch onto. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? The gunplay isn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it essentially follows the same kind of rubric that Doom does, where you run into a room, whole bunch of people attack you, and you reduce them all to strawberry jam. <laughs> and, and and you know, it's bloody and it's violent and it's quite satisfying. Um, but then you get into problems with the mechanics themselves. For example, you're going to have to wall run at some stage. And you would think, and I put this in the review, you would think in a world that has the likes of Titanfall 2 in it, that this should just be as easy as pie. It should be just, look, jump, run along the side of the wall and go. Look, no, you run, jump, click in a stick. The stick didn't click in properly. You fall down. You go back to the ladder to get up to the area to wall run. Oh, wait, press X to climb the ladder. Uh, move a little bit to the right, please. No, actually go straight up to... Just click X while you're staring at the ladder. And you're like, what is this? Just, just look, even, you, you said Titanfall, but even in a flipping post-Call of Duty advanced yeah. warfare world, it should be better than that. Indeed, indeed. I mean, you've got a grappling hook, and we said in the last podcast oh. that if you get a grappling hook, that's immediate five points. Yeah, that's Not in this game. No. Because dude. it defies <laughs> physics and it defies funds. If you remember when you played Titanfall 2, if you're sort of running along and you fire your grappling hook and then you, Oof. you know, do your double jump, you fling yourself across the map. This, is, this doesn't happen in Necromunda. And I would like to know why. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know who's responsible for this grappling hook system. And and this is the thing. Like you know, while I was talking to you about Necromunda and the plot and the setting, you, you're completely engaged. It's not, it's really interesting. And you know, this should be Warhammer 40K's coming out party. It's a first-person shooter set in a, in, a, in, in a part of the universe that you don't actually need to know about the high-level narrative to have a good time. Yeah, because so, there are other Warhammer games, but a lot of them yeah. like take place on the... On, on the you um, don't need to know about the yeah. Horus heresy. You don't need to know about the Dreadnoughts. You are literally a bound, you're Boba Fett in a sci-fi gothic setting. What could go wrong? Apparently everything. Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, and you just sit, you just sit to yourself going... Could you stop it? Stop it, Games Workshop. <laughs> stop allowing games that haven't been polished to within an inch of their life out the door. Because all you do is 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 you is you take an IP, which let's let's be brutally honest here. I'm interested in Warhammer 40k. You're probably interested in Warhammer 40k. It's an incredible piece of sci-fi intellectual property. But until you start making games that have the polish of something like Titanfall or something even like Gears of War, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to be accessible. You're not going to attract anyone other than the faithful. And if that's all you want to do, fine. But I do think that they're missing an opportunity. I So I was going to I was gonna ask, like, maybe the reason these games... Because some of the Warhammer games I've heard are genuinely just very good games. Vermin, mm. Vermintide gets a lot of good press. Mm. But, in but terms that's Warhammer. That's yeah. not Warhammer 40k. Oh, are they different? Yeah. Okay, you see exactly what I mean about it not being accessible <laughs> to people who don't know what's see, happening See, Warhammer 40k already. is basically the sci-fi version, and Warhammer is sword and sorcery. Oh, they're different? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, you know what I was going to say? Right so now, there are Warhammer 40k fans who are literally typing up emails with your name on it and I going, was, you nothing! I was, gonna, I was about to start saying some stuff, but now that I realize that they're two different genres, that accentuates every problem mm. we've already spoken about here. Mm. So I, yeah, you know what? Bottom line is, I wish the series was more accessible for people who don't already know everything about mm. it. Mm. And you say Necromunda is not, not the space for Here's that. the thing. Is like, like I said, I enjoyed playing it. Mm. I really did. I don't know if I'd pay money for it. Oh. But I enjoyed playing it. Um, 
and uh, I just wish it was better. I, I wanted to like it more than I did. Mm. That having been said, there are moments in that game where I'm like, this is great. Mm. This is absolutely great. I mean, I, 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 was, I was in a gun battle on a, on a, on a train that is flying above um, rails on anti-gravity um, uh, uh, modules and, you know, everything's flying past the window and you're just emptying boxes of bullets into people and it's really, really fun. Mm. And then you, tr- you tried and wall run. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it all and you go I hate everyone I mean, <laughs> yeah. no no seriously there's there's a thing in this in this particular level there's a there's um there's a, a section in this level where you have to double jump right and you had better have the timing of Mr. Miyagi because if you don't you're going to land on the tracks and you get three chances at that and then it kicks you back to an earlier uh, stage of the game no not with the jacket no. double jump mechanic. Yeah, either. yeah. All right. I, t- I, t- I tell you what. The uh, the only the only game I've ever played that has frustrated me more with a jump mechanic was um, the Last Guardian. Do you remember the Last Guardian? Again, I never played it because I had no okay, PlayStation. Okay, so they mapped, no, but I, I do know a lot about they it. They mapped the, the the jump button to a, a a button that wasn't X, and you like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally running towards a platform, go, and and your muscle memory just kicks in because of. Every single game you've ever played on the PlayStation, the jump is on the <laughs> X, on the and X. you hit X, and you just fall right off the cliff. So we, <laughs> we were talking last week about how Dead Space changes like traditional mechanical yeah. things in a good way. Mm. That's not that's not it. That's not a good way. Making a different button that uh, another button than X, the jump button, yeah. not how you not how you subvert expectations. You know what? Here's the thing. I want someone like Amazon Prime or Netflix or whomever to just call up Games Workshop and go, look, we're going to make a television series out of this. I would watch the Okay, I would watch the living hell out of that. Um, just be- like I said, it, the, the, the science fiction intellectual property is so rich and so deep. And I don't know what it says about me that I'm attracted to stuff like that, that, you know, mankind has found out that, you know, the universe is such a hellishly hostile place that they've reverted to the most fascistic, <laughs> zealot-like versions of themselves. And I kind of find that interesting. Mm. But sort out your games, mate. Mm. Sort out your games. And, you know, in, in a way, the game you've been playing Ooh. doesn't really have any of these problems, does no, it? No, not at all. Good segue. Mm. We're going to talk about an incredible... Speaking, we're going to go talking about a game that has poor mechanics to... You shouldn't say this as a games journalist, but I'm going to say it's one of the most mechanically sound games mm. I've played in a long time. Why I, shouldn't you say that as a games journalist? Well, I shouldn't say most mechanically sound game ever because you can only say that about one game if you're trying to be definitive. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think that if a developer has managed to develop something that's ducks ass tight, you should you should you should give them props. It's you know, give them props. It's like, you know, whatever issues I may have with this game, the mechanics ain't it. Yeah, ducks ass tight. I'm gonna use that. That's yeah. very good. I'm gonna put that in my review. So this game is called Fury. Fury with an I. Mm. And some of it's it's not I wanted I was gonna say it's a game we you know we, we do the segment which is why haven't you played this? I'm putting this on the why haven't you played this. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, some people may have heard of it. It's not a small. It's not a. It's not an unknown game. It's no. not a hidden gem. But mm. it's not a AAA title, so it doesn't get the press that those kind of games have. It's, it's, it's sort of in the same bracket as Dead Souls. Dead Souls? You mean d- dead? Dead cells. Dead cells. Yeah. So it, it, it's similar. got heat, but it's not being promoted through yeah exactly. billboards and stuff. So Fury is a little indie game. Well, it's a game developed by a little indie company called. It's like Baked Games or so, the Game Baker Bakery or something. It's a French mm. studio. They've done another game called Haven and mm. some others. Um, I've heard of Haven, but I've never played it. Fury is, it's, it, 
it's hard to say exactly what it is because it's almost squarely designed around its gameplay. Right. Which a lot of games these days, even if they've got good gameplay, that's that's like a that's a brave decision to make. They, there's not much story to speak of. Mm. There's no world to explore. Mm. You're just going from fight to fight. It's a boss rush game mm. that combines bullet hell, um, hack and slash, and even kind of Dark Souls-y mechanics. Mm. Um, and it's top down, isn't it? Well, so I'll get to that. It's kind of inspired by Nier in that sense that you've got a bullet hell section. And then as fights go on, you switch between like the bullet hell section, top down kind of shooter, and then you go into like a third person um, hack and slash melee combat game, mm. which is almost like there's even a rhythm based mm. section to it because you're doing- Sounds amazing. It's incredible. There's, okay, you play as this guy. I can't, I don't even know his name yet, but you are locked in a prison for reasons that are untold to you. Kind of like you were in Dark Souls. Kind of like you were in Dark Souls. You're locked into, um, and it's in this very, like, I want to call it Neon Lightning. You saw a trailer for it, and you'll know mm. what I mean when I say that. Like, Neo Tokyo <coughs> Lightning, kind of Tron-looking world mm. with incredible cel-shaded graphics. Very simple, but, like, everyone everyone who's ever seen a cel-shaded game knows that cel-shading is, I don't know why more games don't use it, because it mm. looks amazing. And Do you know what it reminded me of, visually speaking? What? It reminded me of a game called El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Yeah. I'm not sure I know what it is. Don't worry, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so you you're basically in this prison planet. Yeah. You gotta get out. You gotta get out. You're in a prison, it's it's suspended on like several levels of asteroids above Earth. It's great. And you don't know why you've been put there, but the guy who's holding the, you there, it almost seems like he's implying it's one of those God Gone Rogue mm. situations. Or like human- Oh my God. Or like human become too, like kind of like a Surah's Wrath. It's Surah's Wrath, yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, and um, you're in this prison and this, this cell jailkeeper is taunting you. And then this unknown, omniscient, but like ineffective character is speaking to you and says, it's time for you to break out. And he mm. sets you free. And he doesn't take part in any of the combat. He just walks with you mm. while you go through the world. Your character says nothing as far as I know. Mm. I haven't finished it yet. But what you do is you are walking from map to map and each map is visually dynamic and completely different. Mm. And you are fighting each like map boss. Mm. And each of them has like their own mechanics and their own stages. And they, they, they say they've kind of got their own backstories that they briefly go into. Like I said, it's not a story intensive game, certainly interesting. Mm. And the more bosses you fight, the more you kind of find out about yourself, about the world that you're living in. Um, but again, that is all entirely secondary to the phenomenal gameplay. Outside of combat, there's nothing. It's a walking simulator. It's mm. just you walking in these worlds with these cool set pieces while this man who freed you is is just expositing at you. Mm. And you're walking from boss to boss. And let me tell you, Nick, the fights are they're incredible. This sounds like a weird yang to Necromunda's ying. Because on the one hand, you've got like law coming out of your ears mm. and rather rubbish mechanics. And on the other side, you've got amazing mechanics and the law will just catch up it's, with you as and when you need the it. The law is a backdrop for, it's it's an excuse for the game to happen. So what platform's on? It's, it's, I don't know if it's on consoles. I know it's on PC. Right. Um, it might be on Switch. I actually, I'm, I may as well Google this well. Well, don't worry. When your review goes up, that's will right, tell everybody. I'll tell you what, I'm going to do a review on it because I need, I need to talk about By the about time this, this goes out, you probably will have the review up on the site. Yeah, absolutely. I need to talk about this game. Um, yeah, so you, you effectively, it's so simple and it just shows to how like simple is good sometimes and less is more in oftentimes. Mm. You've got a couple of mechanics and they are they are just that. They mm. are mechanics mm. and you are to use them to to fight. Uh, you've got on your A button or on your on your what would be the jump button we mm. were just talking about depending on your controller, you have a dash with iframes. Mm. Like very 
very clear iframes that you used and you know there are certain attacks that look similar between characters mm -hmm. you can dash through. You've got a slash mechanic for melee attacks, mm -hmm. melee attacks, however you want to say mm -hmm. it. And you've got gun mechanics. You've got gun mechanics that you can use in the top-down mode. Mm. Uh, and you've got a parry button. That's it. That's all you've got. And what you're doing is you are bobbing and weaving between bullets from these bosses that shoot ridiculous amounts like a bullet hell game, mm. waiting for openings or parrying their attacks. And they are, they're very telegraphed and they are very like... It's, combat feels like a dance because each boss does the same thing. So it's kind of like that Dark Souls feel where you're like, okay, so this character has moved a certain way, therefore I know this particular attack is coming. You, that having been said, he may have been a feint, may have been not. Actually, even then... It's a game that basically it, makes you play it. Yeah, exactly. Rather it's, than button spamming. It's weird. They don't... They never try to trick you. It's not easy in that. So it's... Everything is... Even in Dark Souls, they can they can feint things. In this game, no. It moves... The, the boss will move in the exact same way. You sound like the Joker from The Dark Knight. <laughs> you know what the difference is between chaos? <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> that's it. So it's, it's, it, each boss will move in exactly the same way every single time. That mm. doesn't make it easy. No. You have to be paying attention. It's There are so many different things going on at once, even though you know it's coming. Uh, and that's the point, is you are expected to have to fight these bosses four times, five times to get a feel for the rhythm of the game. And this is backed up. Like I said, it's kind of like a dance. Mm. This is backed up by a phenomenal, phenomenal... <laughs> EDM soundtrack, like electro, it's it's kind of like hotline. I know what EDM is. <laughs> no, it was, it's I'm not that old. I mean, in terms of soundtrack, so, it's it's kind of like Hotline Miami with this yeah. kind of trance, like it's getting you into this trance flow state. Oh no, but that playing. was the thing about Hotline Miami is that you always kill to the beat. Exactly. That's it, what it, that's what it feels like. Is and as the fight goes on, it's like more layers get added to the music, it gets more and more. It sounds intense. incredible. It's a really good game. How much game. is it? Hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks. Wow. And it's on sale almost permanently. <laughs> It's great. It's an indie game, and it's one of those prime examples. We talk about this as games, you know, in games discourse, you talk about it all the time, how AAA games can cost a thousand rand and be not worth your time nor money. Hmm. Whereas this game, I would pay through the nose for, but don't have to because it's an indie hmm. game. Hmm. It's it's also, it's relatively, if you're really good at it, you can finish it in five hours. Hmm. Me, I'm like 12 hours. To tell hours you the truth, that to me is a selling point. Because it's like, you know, um, if, if, if I'm in and out in six hours, somewhere like that, it's like, thank goodness. Yeah. Because well, I can get back to work. I can be a parent. Well, it's, it's that as well. I can actually spend some time with my family. That'd be nice. It's also, it's kind of the same reason the Titanfall 2 campaign is so good, is I would rather play a brilliant five-hour campaign twice, three times. I think Titanfall 2 is a little longer than that. No, you know what I mean. But it's, what I loved about Titanfall 2 is that you're in, you're out. That's it. So what, what I'm saying is I'd rather have a short campaign that I would like to play a couple of times mm. than a 20-hour epic mm. that I want to quit 12 mm. hours in. Mm. No, Look, I hear you. It's a phenomenal game. Fury, you can find it on the Steam store. I will say in my review where else you can find mm. it. If you haven't played it and you can, you must. Mm. So in other words, um, Necromunda, if you're a Warhammer 40k fan, I'd say you probably already own it. You'll get something out of it. Um, Fury, everyone, absolutely recommended. High, 10 out of 10, you, you must play this game. Right. Well, on that note, we'll probably see you next week. Um, after the avalanche of E3 mm, crashes over our Finally, heads. after a couple of weeks of very scarce news, we'll have a ton to talk about. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> anyway, I'm Nick. This is Max. Thank Hello. you very much. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week.